Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Master Mindset. Reframe your thinking, master your mindset with Nate Skula and Kim Adele. Hi. So today we have the absolute honor of being joined by the fabulous Kate Strong, um, who's here to tell us about her latest amazing uh, world record achievement and also to talk about mindset and actually how do you get yourself into the right mindset to tackle a challenge like the one you've just taken on. But first, Kate, a joy to see you again. Please do tell us what you've been up to since we last chatted. Yeah, we, I think we spoke just the week before my attempt. So on the 26th of May, I broke three world records on a static bicycle. So the furthest distance in one hour, 12 hours and 24 hours. Amazing. And pleasure of being able to like pop in and, and see you as you you were live. And I'm still tired now just having watched you. So I, I can't only imagine how your body must be feeling. Yeah, it's taken a while to recover. I, I went to Wales last week on holidays and climbed Snowdon. And I think I needed three days just to lay down after that. So a little bit overzealous with the recovery, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that would have been part of my recovery. <laughs> laying down with a duvet possibly would have been my recovery but that's possibly shows why I wouldn't have been able to achieve it in the first place so how do you set about getting yourself mentally ready for a challenge like that as well as physically ready I think I think for any challenge anything outside our comfort zone it's the I always feed the power of habit first over the power of muscle so like for example, I've got I'm going to be swimming, as you know, the um the channel in a couple of years, amongst other things. So I've started swimming this week for 20 minutes. So I'm just getting into the routine of three times a week going to the pool for 20 minutes. So I did the same a year and a half ago for my cycling. I just got into the habit of 20, 30 minutes and then grew up incrementally from there. I think the key for um stretch if you want getting into the stretch zone is not to go completely all out and aim i did as you know 433 miles in one day so i could never have imagined that at the beginning and it would have been quite overwhelming so i just broke it down and just as i said aimed for that 30 minutes and kept myself just a little bit pushing myself but never so much so that i got panicked overwhelmed and had to stop Oh, I love that. And a great way of doing it, isn't it? You know, the they old analogy was, um, what's the best way to eat an elephant? Like one chunk at a time. And I guess that's it, isn't it? It's like breaking it down to that manageable piece that goes, I don't really know if I can do that, but that looks more, that looks at least like it might be achievable. It's going to be a stretch, but it's not going to overwhelm me. Yeah. But are there moments in kind of, you know, the all the world records that you kind of go after and all the challenges that you set yourself where you start to doubt, you take on too big a chunk. Yeah. What do you do when that happens? Yeah, completely. Uh, if it doesn't scare me, if I think I can do it, I'm obviously not pushing myself. So I, I always look for things I have absolutely no idea if I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, so the first thing I do is I, I have 
group accountability, I usually publicly declare it. So I created my challenges, uh, which are coming up on a podcast like this and just said it. So I don't know what I'm saying when I actually commit to, to that. So that then keeps me honest to, yeah. to keep working towards it. But in the actual like nitty gritty of like, you know, imagining sitting on a bike for 24 hours, there were quite a lot of moments where the pain was overwhelming. I, I didn't know if I could keep going and, and really sort of doubted myself. And again, it breaks, I broke it down into just a few more minutes. Can I do it for five more minutes? Or actually, if it was physical pain that I was struggling with, where does it hurt? What does the pain look like? Is there a way of moving it? Could I, sounds a bit esoteric, but can I negotiate with the pain for it to disappear and come back later if I promise it, you know, some more chocolate or a, that duvet <laughs> and watch a TV? So it's about getting innovative in finding different ways to sort of delay that pain or the stopping uh, for mental, mental things. Um, if I find procrastination is present, I, I reconnect to why I'm doing it. So as you know, I went to Wales last week. I, I start looking at my visions. Why am I delaying on these projects? Why am I putting this off till tomorrow? And then obviously next week and next month. What, you know, what did I say yes to at the first instance? And once I get that bigger vision, that higher purpose, and typically it's outside of myself, it's bigger than a bike, it's bigger than my own life, really, then I start to find the motivation and my excuses drop to the wayside. Right. Oh, I love that. Right. I think finding your purpose is so important, isn't it? Because it it gives us that, it reminds us of what was driving that passion in the first place to make us even consider doing whatever it was that we've set ourselves um, set ourselves out to do. Um, and I often find, you know, sometimes my purpose isn't just my, you know, what, why am I doing it? It's like, who am I doing it for? Um, because often that will give me that additional motivation if I've, you know, promised I'd do it for somebody or because it's going to raise awareness for a cause that I'm, is particularly close to my heart or something else. You look at that and go, well, hold on, you know, look at what that person has to suffer and maybe I can just push myself a little bit more. Yeah. So, yes. so, Kate, when it comes to like your purpose for, for these challenges, is the main purpose to like inspire people and show them that they can kind of push their limits to do to do better in, in sports and life? Yes. It's also to raise the vibration of humanity. I, I really want the consciousness of humanity to, to elevate a lot of the problems and troubles we're seeing today are because we're so fixated on the, the fear, the worry, the anger, the low energies, if you want, the low vibration uh, moods. So I everything I do is to, to improve people's lives, to inspire them to look up rather than down and to, to take responsibility in their life. We can be wonderful creatures. We're not born to be you know, suburban part-time temp jobs. We're born to be this amazing sentient being. Start experiencing it. So yeah, that, that's my motivation. Amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it really is, isn't it? It's like if you can if you can inspire people to to focus on the things that they can do, um, and to push themselves to see what they might be able to do that they currently don't think that they can. Because we, yeah, if we, if we I always look at like children. I've got my my little girls, obviously four and a half, and 
at our most vulnerable, we learned how to walk and talk and run and jump and skip. We didn't know how to do any of those things. And if I told you guys that tomorrow you're going to have to learn to do them again, you'd probably be a bit overwhelmed and go, I, I can't. But actually we can because at our most vulnerable, we did them. And that's because at our most vulnerable, we were really connected to our creative being, weren't we? And we just wanted to be like everybody else. No one else can do it. So I, you know, surely I can. And there is a huge piece around um, once somebody's proved it can be done, the amount of people that then go on and do it, isn't it? It's a bit like the four minute mile. You know, nobody believed it could be done. And it was it within two months that more people had actually broken it because the belief had been broken that it couldn't be achieved. And is that some of like kind of your driver is to um break those negative belief systems to enable people to step into their energy? Yeah, yeah. And I mean it's also on myself. Like I am not a done deal. I'm still dealing with my own limiting beliefs and my own concerns. So the the record holds me to account as much as anything else. But the 24-hour record has never been done by a female, though, as we know, there's a lot more uh, sport that's sort of focused on the male athlete. It's focused on uh, the, the, the media. The, the money also follows the man as well. So, yeah, by me doing something no female's done, and I did the one-hour world record, it's, it's a very beatable distance. And I really hope five, six, seven women will be this year again because it shows that we can do this and hopefully inspire them to, to step up and do a bit more training as well. Yeah, but you did that at the same time. You did that at the beginning of your 24-hour ride, yeah? <laughs> yes, I did then cycle for 23 hours afterwards. But, um, yeah, it, but it was just, a, it was almost a, a, not a joke, but it was more anecdotal to say, come on. I really want to see you beat this. Who who thinks they can do better? And let's make this a fun competition where we're just bettering ourselves every which way. I love it. I love it. That's such a great way of of tackling life, isn't it? Is yeah. How do how do I just keep improving? How do I just keep getting better than I was previously? Because I think sometimes we look at the end game, and it's too far away. It's too it's too big. It's too scary, uh, and therefore. You know, I, I sometimes suffer from passionate procrastination. <laughs> I find every other reason not to get it done. And then I have to hold myself to account to go, okay, so why? Why is it that you're not doing that? And often it's because I've I've not taken your advice and broken it down to go, okay, you want to climb the mountain, but actually all you need to do today is get here. And once you've done that, you can you can um congratulate yourself. And then take the next step. You know you're going to have to take the next step, but you can at least um, acknowledge the steps you've taken. Is that something that you find important to be able to see how far you've come to help you with the um, the confidence and the motivation to keep going? Yeah, completely. And I really agree with what you're saying. We need uh, something I was missing a couple of years ago was I, I always was like never congratulating myself or never stopping. So at the end of every day now, I give myself three acknowledgements. So I, I have my three gratitudes, things I can be grateful for that happens, but then also three things I want to pat myself on the back for that maybe nobody noticed, or maybe it's just a big deal to me that I finally wrote that email I've been waiting or you know procrastinating on for weeks. So uh, yeah, I definitely give myself that time to reflect and and you know reward myself as well. That's, oh, that, that. that's amazing. I've been I've been really getting into gratitude the past few weeks, and and it's incredible how that just sets you up for the day. Like if you if you get up in the morning 
it's part of my routine now, my morning routine. I get a piece of paper, I get my coffee and I sit down. Um, and literally when I finish my training, I, I will write down 10 things to be grateful for, right? And it's just, but the thing is, is that it, it just, I don't know what it does. I can't quite understand how it actually changes your mindset in the way that it sets your day up. I, I suppose you start looking for more things to be grateful for, right? Yeah, and um, uh, it is, a, like, I'm an energy healer as well, so I, I incorporate that in my life. It does, it does vibrate at a different frequency, and you know what? What you put out is what you attract. So if you're always grateful, guess what you're going to have is very happy clients. You're going to attract people who actually like to be around you, who acknowledge you for who you are. And we're going to actually naturally repel the whingers, the complainers, the, the horrible people that we don't like being around. So it does actually, the law of attraction does actually apply. And gratitude is a beautiful thing to bring into our life. That's very interesting. I like I like the way that you that you just say to, you know that you started doing twenty minutes at at a time, right? Because so many people they will they'll take on like an exercise regime or a new or a new hobby or whatever, and then they it's not that they get overwhelmed; they just take on too much and they like get injured or they get like frustrated that they can't get anywhere really quickly, and it's just like well. Yeah, I think the best way, like, start with, like, five minutes if you're kind of, you know, unfit, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, completely. It's it's just working wherever we are. And I never complete 100% of all my training. It's it, it's not possible. Mentally, I, I deteriorate during, during it or life happens and I miss a training session. It's fine. It's always better to to go in better prepared for the next time with lessons than that guilt or carrying that word should every single which way. Because if we do it, we feel guilt, you know, we feel the obligation. If we don't do it, we feel the guilt of not doing it. So just completely go with, have a plan, then have a plan when the plan fails and do your best to stick to it and just keep learning. That's all we can do. I love that. It's giving yourself that self-compassion, isn't it? Because if it was somebody else there and, you know, and they, they missed a session you'd be there going look how many sessions you've done and you know life does sometimes get in the way and actually sometimes you've just got to forgive yourself for the fact that life happens today and then get back on the bike for want of a better um, analogy and and kind of pick it up tomorrow but we are so critical of ourselves aren't we we don't offer ourselves the same self-compassion that we would offer to the people that we are surrounded by and we support and I think that's something that is a real lesson for people is to learn that compassion and I loved what you were saying earlier about those um those three acknowledgements because we're not very good at acknowledging ourselves for what we've for what we've done and we sometimes worry that the thing that we want to acknowledge nobody else might think was particularly good you know on a, on a really bad day I think if I've adulted for 12 hours you know I've done pretty good um and that might be a great goal for everybody else but you know on some days that's a really good goal for me and I acknowledge myself for having done it for having pushed myself to actually not just get under a duvet and go life's too hard today and say well look let me see what let me see what I can do but I think taking that time to be grateful which is is such a beautiful thing to do. I, I do, um, my little girl and I do gratitude on the way to and from nursery. What are the things that we're grateful for? And I always, you know, one of my, one of my acknowledgements to myself is if I make it into her top 10, <laughs> that I'm one of the things she's grateful for, then I'm like, mummy's doing good today. 
I'm, I'm behind sweets and donuts, but I'm I'm there. Um, but I think you know, once you get your mind into those parts and say, you know, what am I grateful for that that's external that's come into my life? But what am I grateful for that I've done, that I've achieved? Where have I added some value? It it starts to help you to see yourself how other people see you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and also, I mean, if I always wanted my boyfriends or my partner to to con- congratulate me on what I wanted, and he got it wrong every time, I'd get annoyed with him. But he has no idea what, as you just said, what was big deal for me. So yeah. it actually lets him say thank you for what he wants to thank me for, rather than what I think he should be saying thankful thank you for me. So yeah, actually yeah. Helps that relationship. Uh, yeah because it's being honest isn't it and actually they're probably going to say something you go oh I didn't even know that that was something that you would appreciate but I now know so actually if I want to you know if I I want to do something nice to you again I know it's to do this rather than actually we define it going I think you should think this is great so actually thank me for it because this is I've done it to to um make you happy but it it can disconnect can't it yeah yeah I think the more I, I, I do my best to keep as much power within myself, which means I don't, I, you know, I, I plan for anything that comes up because obviously the weather could change and different impacts, uh, which will change my plan or I can't even race or train, for example. But I give as much power within myself. So if I want to say thank you to myself, I don't give it to my partner to thank me. I give it to myself. Uh, and the same goes for for loving myself too. I don't need someone to say I'm beautiful to feel beautiful. I don't need someone to say they love me to feel loved. I am a beautiful, loving being, and they can expand and magnify that, but they can't take away my essence, which is quite pretty, actually. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great attitude. Great attitude. You're such a positive person. I think it's fantastic. And so. When it comes to like diet and hydration and things like that, like how important is that for for your um, routine, your exercise routine and your challenges? Yeah, I think it's really important. It is definitely really important without the right food going in, the right energy going in. I wouldn't be able to put out the energy consistently afterwards. You know, I could, you know, I'm, I'm plant based, but if I was to live off McDonald's, there's only a certain amount of training sessions before I'm sure I'd hit a wall and, and crash and burn quite magnificent, magnificently. It's, I can't say that word. Magnificently. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't no, worry. Um, so, yeah, so uh, yeah, I do my best to stay hydrated. Uh, I drink water, I stay away from soft drinks, I add lemon to my water, drink vitamin C before I eat my breakfast. Uh, to make sure that I absorb my iron and just keep it fun. But I don't have a certain regiment. Again, I have my cheat days. I I have takeaway pizza, but I make sure that those are very rare and not every day is allowed to be a cheat day, obviously. Of course. So so you mentioned that you climbed Snowdon in your recovery phase. Was that like, do you think that might have been like slightly overdoing your recovery? Or, or yeah. is that like how you, because I know you can, there's something called active recovery. I know you, you must know about that as well, right? So what that means is, is that, for example, if I'm holding a posture for like two hours on a day, the next day my legs might be a bit tired. I might do half an hour or an hour and then I'm going to recover, right? So can you explain a bit about that before before um, we wrap up? Yes, sure. So for example, I used to do triathlon, as you know, uh, active recovery. So I do an Ironman, which is 
pretty intense. It's an 11 hour journey for myself, uh, longer for others and shorter for some others. Uh, the day after I'd go for a half hour cycle where I'd, I'd spin my legs, our muscles would be uh, holding lactic acid. They'd start to like shrink and compact as well. So by spinning my legs with no pressure on it at all, the, it, the muscles can actually release that um, toxic, the toxic energy uh, and also recover quicker. So that's what you mean by active recovery. And yeah, climbing a highest mountain in Wales is a ridiculous idea. <laughs> it's just a bit out there. But it'd been, it had been three weeks and I did think uh, my fitness it, but I'm not mountain fitness. I have no mountain fitness at all. So within 10 minutes, um, I wear a sort of heart rate tracker and within 10 minutes, it was like in the red and it stayed there for four hours. <laughs> oh, no. so, sorry. So, so you plan to climb Everest, right? Yeah. So in two, in two years time, I'm, Cycling across America, 3,000 miles, swimming the English Channel, then climbing Everest. Well, I might see you on the Everest thing. I'm thinking about that. I don't. I may just do the base camp thing. Um, but, like, I'm, I, I like mountains, yeah, you know? Mm. And uh, I kind of spent a bit of time in Peru, right? So I kind of... I kind of understand like the, the the height sort of thing, but it's it's incredibly hard when you try and like walk at like six thousand meters above above sea level. It's like it's yeah. crazy, yeah, crazy. It's it's the cleanest way, place to be in the world for our minds because we have to focus so hard on surviving because we are you know a few steps away from potential death. We do have to shut the you know, the chattering monkey in our brain down and purely be in the moment. And it is actually quite a spiritual experience. So I'm, I'm terrified about it, but I'm also really looking forward to it as well. That's you know, so exciting. Yes, it sounds great. It's, it's true, isn't it? I mean, that's why we... That's why we grow through our pain, isn't it? Because it's only in moments of trauma, real trauma, that actually we have to focus because we can't comprehend the other things. We've got to just survive. And that's where we that's where we get our biggest growth moments. But to do it in um you're right, such a spiritual way must be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm doing my best to unpack uh how we can achieve those moments without waiting for that cliff edge. Because yeah. That's what I used to wait for is, you know, that the, the, the sitting down by the doctor telling us that we've got a certain disease or, you know, having a very toxic relationship where we're left with a very tough decision. But imagine if we could make those choices in free spirit rather than waiting for that horrific do or die experience when we have to yeah. forced to make those changes. Yeah, no, it's, it's true, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that um, yeah, I've been doing a lot in the last few years is going back over the traumas of my past to see what lessons I can learn that I can take into my future without the traumas <laughs> I've done enough traumas now I've got I've, I've had my share um but actually what did I learn and what what I what I learned was that actually it was always much easier once you'd made the choice once you'd made the decision once you'd done whatever it was you didn't think you were going to do because we put it off and we make it worse in our, it never is even like that awful conversation is never as bad as the way we've played it out in our mind for five days what we've got is five days worth of um building ourselves up to a disaster haven't we that you're then like oh thank god i did that um yeah. it's now it's out of my head i don't have to continue to repeat it and i think that's for me it's been one of the things so now when i find myself in a place where i don't want to do something or i'm putting it off 
I go back and go, you're going to feel so much better about this when you've done it because it's not going to be as bad as you think. Yeah. Um, and try and use that to spur me on to create my own, I guess, my own like kind of cliff edge of going, just just take the leap. Yeah, yeah. We need to, we need to, I love your story about, re, you know, revisiting our past traumas to take the lessons from it because without them, we wouldn't be who we are today. And so we need to also, again, send gratitude to our past selves for being strong people to work through those moments that really tried us and to, to still continued. Uh, but also to to take those lessons forward. And you're right, when we jump, we'll learn how to fly, but yeah. we need to jump to find out. Uh, so it's scary, but do it. Absolutely. I love what you're saying about making sure that you give gratitude to your previous self, because often we don't, do we? And it's the language that we the language that we use to describe it. So you know, I had all of my disasters together and I sometimes, you know, joke people as like three divorces, a stalker and an evil inner critic. And you're like, actually, that's downplaying it. I survived all of those and I came out stronger as a result of it. So, yes, you can be a bit flippant and I am very often. But actually, I've now learned to go back and be grateful for the fact that I, you know, and I talked to clients about this, you've survived 100% of the challenges life's thrown at you. That's a pretty mm. good batting average. If I were you, I'd take some, I'd take some comfort in that, that you're going to be able to tackle the next challenge as well, because the proof, um, the social proof is you, you're here, you've done it. So, so borrow that belief almost. Yeah, I love that. 100% survival rate. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, speaking with you again, Kate. I really have. And thanks to everyone for listening. So if people want to kind of um, get in contact with you, you're, you, you do coaching as well, right, for executives and leadership and that sort of thing. Yeah, people who realise that we've got more to live in life than where we are and are ready to take the next step where we look backwards, as you said, to release those those hooks that keep dragging us back into those moments or those experiences, but also make sure we add the future and bring it towards us with a bit more flow and velocity. I love that. In fact, you know, one of the uh, one of the blogs I wrote recently was Life Only Makes Sense in the Rearview Mirror, because you've got to look back at it, haven't you, to see what was it teaching me? What was I supposed mm -hmm. to learn? So and how will they get in touch? So if, if leaders are there and they're ready to take that leap and to to take the next step of their journey, how can they find you? Yeah, the best place is my website, katestrong.global. Uh, I'm also on social, as you know. Uh, so all the links are there for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm trying to think of them all. Uh, YouTube and LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Kate, it's been an absolute joy. I hope you'll come back again and tell us about your next challenges and uh, keep us updated because it's always well, it's always a delight. We always love to hear from you. And you've got such great positive energy. You can't help but feel much more blessed. So one of the things I am grateful for today is you, my lovely. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. We're very grateful for today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends and tell your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.